Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us on this Friday Eve. And hope everybody is doing all right and you're safe. And if you're in Central Florida, I hope you are enjoying this beautiful weather. And if you're elsewhere, I hope you're having great weather. And if you're not, I hope you're being safe and just you know, doing the best to get through. So I I don't know, and I didn't catch the whole thing, and I was watching, I guess, a report on one of the news stations, and they talked about this particular program that caught my attention, one, because I love the water. Uh, Two, I know there is an issue with um, children, especially um, African-American children, children of color, um, learning to swim for, you know, whatever reason, access, you know, cultural, you know, stereotypes, uh, you know, finances, whatever the case may be. But I saw this program, and I wanted to find out more about it. So I contacted the person that was over the program, and her name is Trish Miller, and she's joining us this morning to tell us more about swim. And before you guys get it twisted, it's S. W-E-M, she's going to explain. Good morning, Ms. Miller. Good morning. How are you? I am blessed and, and just grateful that you joined us this morning. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm wonderful. Thank you for the invite. And um, just thank you for just highlighting um, this topic. Uh, it's not something that many people think of. Um, and so the the fact that, that you're highlighting this and, and making sure that your listeners are aware um, of the issues that surround this. Is, I just think it's, it's great. Well, I'm just glad that for the few minutes that I came across this, that I, I, I found it and it caught my attention because I, I've been thinking personally about, you know, how can we get a program like this started? And you already did it, so that's one less thing i got to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, tell us what the catalyst was for you starting this program, and tell us, give us more insight into it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm Trish Miller. Um, I, I founded uh, Swim Kids. Uh, we're going into our sixth year um, of, of being around. And I didn't come to this work um, like many of those that are in our industry in aquatics. I actually almost drowned as a teenager. And uh, similar to uh, y'all there in Florida, I grew up in Virginia on the coast um, near the oceanfront. 
um, but never learned how to swim. Um, actually, uh, water and uh, swimming and that was just not a part of, you know, you mentioned culture earlier. Uh, that just was not a part of something that my family did. In fact, my mother is um, in her late 70s, and I've never seen her in a bathing suit <laughs> to this day. Oh, wow. Um, and my brothers, um, I'm, I'm the youngest of, of two, um, I have two older brothers, and my father taught them how to swim by throwing them in the lake, and that's a similar story for a lot of um, black men especially. But, you know, right. the baby only girl, you don't do that to her. So, <laughs> so my mm. mother did what? what many families do um, and that they think they're protecting their children by keeping them from the water, um, which unfortunately um, kind of led to the experience that I had in my late teens. Uh, I went on a, a trip with some girlfriends um, and they were going to teach me how to swim. And again, I didn't know what I didn't know. So they, they so-called taught me a few things and, I, I was 19, so I trusted that I was invincible, and I jumped into 12 feet of water, thinking that I knew now what to do. Um, and looking back, I didn't know how to float. I didn't know how to tread water. I didn't know how to do any of the basics um, that I needed to, to have in order to, to properly navigate the space. And um, gratefully, they were not too far on the platform, jumped in, and had to rescue me. The unfortunate part about that, though, so blessings that they were there. The unfortunate part, though, is the seed that that planted that um, gave me that trauma and fear of the water. And I took that with me um, like a bag for decades after that. Um, I then later had my own children, and when my children were old enough, I had them in swimming instruction and wanted to make sure that they didn't have that same experience, but I still was not able to get in the water. Um, when I continued with my career, I found my way into public health, and that allowed me to understand, especially around the behavioral sciences, why um, and really dig into the experience that I had in the water. And I wanted to do work that mattered to me, um, and so that uh, piece kind of surfaced because it, it just had never gone away, and I still didn't know how to swim. I was an adult. And so I started to look at the statistics and saw that my experience, number one, in the water was not unique, and that, number two, there were barriers um, that were in place that contributed to that experience that I had in the water. And so I then made a commitment to create an opportunity for others to break those barriers and to eliminate those barriers. And that's when Swim Kids was born. Uh, Swim Kids was born um, actually in 2017, um, and we started as a school-based program where we transported children during the school day as a part of their curriculum for swimming instruction. And we later then expanded to um, moving just beyond introductory lessons for those students, but to getting them to full proficiency. Um, I ended up celebrating my own first lap two years after opening Swim Kids, um, but that gave me a particular view into this work um, that I don't know that I would have had if I was already a swimmer. I did big jumps, crying, uh, snotty nose with students and, 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 you know, first lap celebrations with students uh, because I understand what they, what they actually um, 
either conquered or achieved. So that's how we do this work. That was a long intro, but that that is really what led me to the passion that I have around this space and how um, we approach uh, learning how to swim. I was listening to your story, and I had to kind of laugh to myself because my mom used to talk about um, my one of my uh, early experiences. Um, it was at a lake, uh, a popular lake in, in the hood, and, you know, me being a know-it-all, you know, jumped <laughs> in and saying, and she said, I was like, I know, I know, and I jumped and I sank straight to the bottom. Oh, no. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but, but and, and it was earlier than your experience. But the thing was, it, for I guess I'm just stubborn or what, but or I just really like the water because it didn't stop me. I've tried several mm. times. I you know and used to scare one of my aunts half to death because I liked jumping from the diving board when you know you used to be able to have uh, diving boards at pools. You know now now mm-hmm. they don't have too many of them anymore. But um, mm-hmm. you know I eventually in time learned some because I'm still not proficient. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For me, mm-hmm. one of my one of my um, issues is breathing properly. So I mostly swim on my back, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, mm-hmm. I tell people pool. The pool and the ocean are very different things. You know, you're, there's a current and all of that. Mm-hmm. Of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but, but I still love it. Every chance I get, my my husband, we on our anniversaries, he's like, which beach are we going to? So, <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's a draw. Yeah, but the, you you're, no, you I love have it. Done a wonderful thing because the kids really need to learn. Um, it's a good form of exercise for it one. Is. So, so what? But tell Gretchen, me about we, the program. How do people qualify? Oh, go ahead. Please tell me what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, um, because we we definitely, um, all of the things that you just said um, are reasons why we do this work. Um, and we, as we started, we saw that we needed to go beyond um, just offering these introductory lessons, as I mentioned earlier, and beyond just the schools. Um, mm-hmm. Me learning as an adult, really inspired our adult programming. And so a quarter of our students are adult swimmers or adult oh, learners. Um, and uh, them understanding that, uh, I mean, the oldest person we have in our waters right now is 86 years old. Wow. And so it really is one of those things where, you know, number one, you're never too old to learn um, how yes. to swim. But understanding, nope. yeah, understanding why, understanding that exercise component, understanding really the spirituality part of that uh, mm-hmm. are more reasons as to why black people especially need to be reconnected with this space. It was, uh, we're, we are called Swim Kids um, in, in the Swim School, and it's spelled S-W-E-M, as you mentioned, because that was an intentional way. Uh, it is Afrikaans for swim, S-W-I-M, and it was an intentional way of, pay, of paying homage to a continent that we came from and that contributed to the uh, cultural feelings and attitudes that we have around water. And so 
with each student that splashes with, with us. And each time we celebrate a first lap, we're honoring those spaces that we came from. And we're intentional on welcoming uh, people who this, this skill was taken from back to it, uh, back to where they originated. So uh, us having that intentionality around this work, um, again, sets us apart uh, from why from others as to why we do it. Uh, we don't concentrate just on youth. We focus on the family um, because uh, even in my experience, um, when a child has learned how to swim but the family doesn't go, like you and your husband, you know, you don't incorporate the water or pools or something like that into either vacations or your activities, it's a skill that they may even lose and they may not get to enjoy it or practice it. But if it's done as a family and the family finds value in it, then it becomes um, it becomes something that's more more common and more and normalized for that family. And it allows us to close generational gaps of where uh, we did some early surveying where we would ask um, people, how did you learn how to swim? So those that said that they knew how to swim, how did you learn how to swim? And these would be all types of races of people. And many times, um, especially with white people, they learned um, – by a family member. So they had access to um, a, a pool in their backyard or their country club or, um, you know, they had, they had more read, read, readily access to pools and water spaces. So a family member taught them. However, with black people, many times our family does not have that skill. We don't have an aunt or an uncle or someone like that that actually has the knowledge in the space to pass it down, or a grandparent even, to, that has the knowledge in that space to pass it down to their children and to their family. And so we, so as a result, gaps in our generations have, there's gaps of the skill being passed through generations. And so the work that we do aims to close those gaps so that families now have this skill, and now they pass it down to their children, they pass it down to their children's children, and it just keeps going, and so that we can reduce these numbers that we see around drownings in black children. Yeah, and the, one of the things in terms of access a lot of times has to do with, I mean, you know, in, in terms of swimming lessons has to do with access to a pool. Um, mm -hmm. And some of that is actually deliberate. Um, I'm a realtor, mm -hmm. and a, mm. a lot of times there's uh, people that when I'm talking to them, you know, what, do you, what amenities do you want for your home? Do you want a pool? Do you want a fireplace? And a lot of times our people will say, I don't want a pool. And mm. I don't know if it's a fear, and I don't know if it's the expense because, yeah, a pool – is probably going to be tens of thousands of dollars more uh, mm -hmm. in terms of the cost of the house. And mm -hmm. then after that, you have to look at upkeep and maintenance and safety mm -hmm. issues once you have mm -hmm. a pool. So a lot of uh, our people opt out of having yep. one. And, you know, it's a premium to have one in Florida, um, you know, and, and most other places as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would be curious if, you know, anecdotally even, if you ask some of, you know, those that you, ask, you know, when you're out selling and they specifically say they don't want to pull, I would love to just, if you just 
ask the follow-up question or like, okay, so talk to me about that. Why don't you want a pool? And I would love to know what Mm -hmm. they would say. Um, Because those are concerns that you just mentioned, cost and, you know, safety-wise. But also if you don't know how to navigate the space, why would you want that, right? Why would you want, you know, a six-foot pool in your backyard when you don't know how to swim? Or you don't even enjoy enjoy swimming. You don't even enjoy the water. Or you have small children and you're scared that they're going to, you know, fall in because you don't know how to to save them if you needed to. So all of those definitely are considerations. And, I, you know, I get it for sure. But it's just been Mm -hmm. one of those things where segregation and Jim Crow created also – um, help to create a lot of the feelings that we have around the water um, because we mm-hmm. weren't welcome. We were not welcome to those spaces. And many times the only option we had um, were lakes that were not necessarily safe. Um, we didn't know the depth of those lakes. We didn't know if what was in them, snakes or whatever, you know, were, were in the right. lake. And that was the only option that a lot of our families had. And, um as a result, you know, that was another contributor to keeping, you know, keeping our, our children out of out of the water. And so, um, you know, those barriers that we were talking about before, um, three, there's three main barriers that keep black people, according to the literature, um, out of the water, um, which is access uh, to the to water, um, cost of lessons, and hair. Hair is actually mm. the most communicated reason um, as to why um, uh, black people are kept out of the water. And what we've done is we have um, we are intentional on solving each one of those barriers, uh, so that things like the cost of lessons, uh, you know, for example, with cost of lessons, we we scholarship a good part of um, our students uh, so that they can at least experience. Um, introductory lessons, and then understand why it's a prior. It, it should be prioritized for them to continue on with the lessons, and from a financial perspective, um, the access piece. Um, we uh, saw that by, um, as I mentioned earlier, transporting um, students in some way sometimes to pools, but we've also um, branched out. We're we're in Atlanta, Georgia, and we've branched outside of the city uh, into more rural communities, which also have high, very high rates of drownings for black people um, to locate pools in those rural communities and bring swimming instruction to them there. We're launching a program in um, a community named um, in Walton County, Georgia, uh, specifically Monroe, Georgia, um, on April 15th as a part of that rural outreach. Um, to uh, we, we have a six-month engagement there to bring swimming instruction and water safety programming. Um, and then from there, we plan to continue out into the rural space um, before leaving Georgia um, and then continuing just up the coast um, to, to bring this this life saving skill to as many people as we can. We're going to take a quick break. We're here with Trish Miller of Swim S W E M Swim Kids, and if you have questions or comments, the number is five one six three eight seven one nine four four. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, 
everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are here with Trish Miller of Swim Kids, S-W-E-M Kids. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. I've got to talk to you. I I, I needed to ask you about the hair thing. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know it's like probably down on the on the list in terms of priorities, but I'm just curious because I know when I first started swimming and it was like, you need to have a swim cap, you need to have a swim cap, and I hated them because first of all, they didn't, as far as I was concerned, anyway, they didn't do their job. My hair still got mm-hmm. wet. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't. They never seemed to fit properly. Number two, though, I like the way the water feels going through my hair and on my scalp mm-hmm. and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I just like the whole, I guess you could say, immersion experience. But So I don't have a problem, you know, with it, and probably I, I shouldn't say I don't have a problem with it because other people probably looking at me probably may think I have a problem with it. But I try to protect my hair in other ways. So usually before I get in, and this is one of the reasons, too, they tell you to rinse before you get in. There are other reasons. But mm-hmm. you need to wet your hair before you get in so that, and I got some of this from my um, my beautician, um, so that it is resistant to absorbing some of the chlorine, number mm-hmm. one. The other thing is, you know, that I, I usually do or suggest is put like a, a moisturizer or a conditioner or even a hair mask on a little bit just to, you know, because you're going to wet it anyway, so you don't want to put on a lot, but just enough to make it resistant. And then mm-hmm. because, for example, I one of the things I do at the end of my workout at the gym, I go in for a swim. And so then I wash my hair. Um, and because I'm washing it so much, I use a co-wash most of the time. Just mm-hmm. to keep, just to protect the hair, and then after that, I basically, you know, comb or brush it, and something, something that is relatively manageable. Or, you know, for other people who have a little longer hair, I guess you could use a scrunchie or something like that. But I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't. That's one of the things I don't let prohibit me from going into the water. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's good. Um, that's not all the way common. I will say that. Like <laughs> right. Um, so um, you know, hair, hair, the hair 
concern um, is valid um, for sure Um, because when my uh, now 17-year-old, wow, daughter um, was interested in joining her swim team in middle school, Mm -hmm. we had to really, really think about that Um, because Mm. – Swim team is every day in the water. Yes. And um, she has, uh, you know, very, very, very thick um, curly hair that at the time Mm -hmm. she wasn't able to manage herself. So I had to Ah. wash her hair (laughs) and, um, you know, uh, prepare it and braid it and all of that kind of stuff. And um, in many cases, um, hair maintenance for black women especially could be several hours. And so yeah. if you're thinking of an engagement in the water every day and now finding time several hours to wash, condition, detangle, style, and then it's all over the next day, that's a lot. That's a that's a pretty big commitment. And so right. um, but as a result of that to, time. I was going to say, ahead. don't you have to, though, make the decision, though, that if that's going to be a regular part of your daily routine, then there's just some styles that are going to be, you know, not 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 you know not worth having, uh, or you know, right. or you're going to have to decide maybe I'll you know wear a wig or whatever the case may be, um, or I or agree. like you said braids or whatever. Mm-hmm. I agree, um, but telling a middle school girl that. Um, was not happening at the time. So um, <laughs> she she wanted it all. Um, I got and it. So as a result, we had to decide something different. We couldn't do swim team. Um, and that really, really, really bothered me as a parent, you know, raising a young girl, especially a young black girl, and telling her that something like hair uh was going to keep her from doing something that she wanted to do. And, you know, and since she knew how to swim and could swim well, it was um, even more kind of a kick in the gut for me that I am um, telling her that because of something like hair, she can't go as high and big and wide as she wants to in it. Um, uh-huh. So that that then also inspired um, me um, to solve this problem, I'm going to air quote problem, um, because I'm not saying that our hair is the problem. What I'm saying is there was no solution at the time that addressed the the issue that was particular to those who did not want to get their hair wet in the water. Um, That Mm -hmm. inspired me to help to create or to create and develop a solution to that. And I joined a fellowship um, that um, through um, Comcast, um, through a sports um, accelerator, and they uh, provided support for us to um, develop the uh, one of the very first swimming caps that is designed to keep your hair completely dry in the water. Ooh. Now, it's still under development because um, there's a reason that that hasn't been created before. Uh, it's hard. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but we have um, a technology around it that has uh, worked very well in our tests and trials uh, to prevent water from getting to the hair. So if we step back to, um, you know, when you were mentioning, like, oh, I'm going to go swim, so put a swimming cap on, uh, swimming caps um, historically were not designed 
to keep your hair dry. That's not why they were created. They were really created um, from a competitive landscape to make you think about it more like a bullet going through the water, um, right? So competitive swimmers um, put that um, on their heads to reduce what's called drag in the water. Um, mm-hmm. Which means any makes you makes your body just as smooth as possible, so you can get the the quickest and fastest times. Um, in regular kind of leisure swim, most often it's used to either keep keep the hair out of the face or to keep hair um, out of the pool and the filters. So again, uh-huh. it's, it's more think of it more as a, as a headband um, than you know than than any other purpose. Um, so. Um, and because that particular need uh, did not affect the majority, uh, which is keeping the hair dry and protected while swimming, um, that wasn't something that was developed. Um, and you're so right. Chlorine, salt, those things affect uh, curly hair differently than, it, than they do straight hair. And mm-hmm. because um, typically if you have curlier ethnic hair, you don't wash it every single day because it's very drying, then you have that component on it. And so even the tips that you gave about masks or, or conditioners or co-washes, those things are, are critical uh, for uh, protection of ethnic hair uh, because it, it can be very drying and very brittle. Um, and if you have graying hair, chlorine turns turns the color of your gray um, so mm-hmm. green, uh, there's tons of reactions that can happen just by the chlorines being left on the hair. And so hair protection in the water definitely is a thing um, and, you know, has been, um, you know, one of those barriers um, that even even children that we, that we give scholarships to, um, parents have signed for their children not to participate because, even though they may have braids or something like that, you know, they would have just paid two, $300 for braids, and they don't want them to get it fuzzy, you know, or, or to fuzz up by being in the water, right? They want to preserve um, how long they're going to keep that style. And so, again, we get that too. We understand it. Um, yeah. And so us helping to solve that issue, um, you know, definitely is high on our list uh, because that is one of the things that, um, keeps us from having the freedom that we want in the space. You're so right. You know, and I'm, I commend you for for taking that on because that that's that's <laughs> uh, that's commitment. <laughs> that's commitment because it's not going to happen overnight. You know, but once you right. once you get it, once you get, are able to to nail that down, that is going to be something that is, is going to change the game for a lot of people. Yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're we're committed to solving that issue. So, mm-hmm. well, we're going to take our next break, and um, when okay. we come back, I want to ask you. Well, I, actually, I just want you to kind of delve into anything else that you really want us to know about the program, because I've got all kind of questions, but I don't want to miss anything. So, okay. we're here with uh, okay. Trish Miller. We're talking about Swim Kids. S W E M. Okay, and uh, the number, if you have questions or comments, is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. 
Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Hi, I'm Tim Garrison. Uh, You may know me as Timmy G. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the architect. And I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's chill out jazz. The soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight on KHAM Radio. Are you chillin'? Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are getting more insight into a program called Swim Kids, S-W-E-M. And uh, by the way, if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. So tell me, and I think I was asking before, What's the what is the demand for people getting into this program? Because I know you were talking just now, mentioning before the break about offering scholarships and people being reluctant to have their kids um, join the program. But at the same time, you must have another side of that where there's a bunch of people trying to get in, and you have to kind of turn people away. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yes, I definitely didn't want to mischaracterize. you know, there's definitely more more families that are grateful um, than those that that decide um, not to allow their children to participate. So that's that's absolutely um, not you know not the case in terms of the numbers that we see. We actually see Gretchen um, over 650 students a week in our waters um, at this stage, um, and that is really we're year-round swim, and that's in our off season. Wow. And so us leading into um, regular season, um, you know, we definitely will top thousands of students this 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 summer, this spring and summer. So um, we're excited about um, getting those numbers and celebrating that many first laps and, and promotions in the water. Um, in terms of our scholarship work, because we we um, are a full swim school, so. In addition now to the scholarship work that we do, we provide swimming instruction for the community for anyone that wants to learn. So they don't necessarily have to be a part of our scholarship program. They can pay tuition for, um, to be able to learn um, just, just themselves. Um, now our scholarship program, depending on, and our scholarships are funded by uh, corporate donors. They're funded by individual donors. So you so you're, you definitely have an opportunity to sponsor youth or adult swim um, by going to our website. Um, but our wait list, um, the need is so much greater than we tend to have funding for. And the wait list around that um, right now is 170 students just on the youth side that we're waiting to find, that we are actively finding funding for to get through the program. So um, the need absolutely is great. Um, the capacity for us to deliver the, to deliver the service we already have, um, but we don't always have the funding um, uh, to to get these students in through a scholarship way. And we've we've been very creative in how um, we've done that because what our scholarship gives is four hours of free instruction in the water. 
They get a free swimming suit, goggles, a swimming bag, swimming cap, a towel, um, and hair care and skin care products. Each scholarship child receives that. And um, we have been creative, as I said, in how we um, are able to get students in uh, because sometimes, even though that's usually free, if we have a student that receives those four hours of free swim in the water and say they they really should or could stay on for another four lessons, um, we may find a way to subsidize the cost. And so um, they wouldn't pay the full cost to continue on, and it wouldn't be free, but we can provide and, and redirect some grant funds to at least subsidize for families that um, – really, really need the financial support in order to, to stay on to proficiency. So we find creative ways in order to do that, and we have um, individual donors that that um, have uh, made a commitment to sponsor youth in the water by reoccurring um, gifts, um, and we have college students that have given gifts $20 a month, and each, each time we receive those funds, it goes directly to um, helping one of our students reach a first splash. And so there's tons of ways to support this work. You don't have to live local to um, Georgia um, for to support drowning prevention. Um, also, because we plan to be out in other communities, we're hopeful that, uh, you know, that that will allow us to get to communities that, <laughs> that affect or that are important to our donors. Um, so we definitely invite people um, from all different directions and walks to support drowning prevention so that we can get as many people um, exposed to this life-saving skill as possible. Um, um, you actually uh, segued into this, uh, the topic that I did want to address, and that is the, the fact that um, you are a nonprofit and you do need donations um, mm-hmm. and, and all types of support to do this. Um, tell me about how do you how you get instructors too? Uh, and I was just curious too. Do you have people who have been through? You said you've been around for six years. So do you have people who have been in the program to come back and help with the program? Yeah. So we're we're year round swim, um, and we hire instructors from communities that we serve. So we uh, for our instruction because. Uh, that is something that we want to make sure that the quality is consistent um, and is at the level Mm -hmm. that we want it to be. Um, We uh, don't accept volunteers for instruction, um, but we have had staff that has been with us since our very first splash. And so people are very passionate and care much about this work. Um, Also, because of the demographics that we serve, we make sure that our staff is highly certified in this space as well. We're an American Red Cross school and program. Uh, we're a part of the American Red Cross's Centennial Program, which um, helps, which allows us to forward their commitment um, in drowning prevention in communities that have the highest rates. And us being in an American Red Cross program, um, it's called their Learning Training Providers that also allows us to certify lifeguards um, in the water as well as water safety instructors, which are our, our, our swimming instructors in the water. And so uh, that also allows us to um, really, um, I would say, forward another one of our mission areas, which is diversifying aquatics. 
and creating this pipeline of um, diverse aquatic professionals. And so us being intentional in recruiting and either in high schools or with community organizations, we train those students in the water. Um, and then um, after they are ready for certification, we certify them, and in many cases we hire them in our waters um, to um, teach our students or to guard our waters. We have several programs, excuse me, that allow us to do that. One, um, in our city, and it's, I don't think it's uncommon or, or unique to, to Atlanta, but we have kids that sell water at the intersections, and they've kind of been branded as the water boys. Um, and so we have a water boy, pro, water boy program where we um, have invited those, those young men um, into the waters to gain the skills to be lifeguards. Um, they receive eight hours of training um, in the water to ready them for the prerequisites for the American Red Cross um, training and certification class for lifeguards. Once they receive those eight hours, they then sit for the, the test um, and the water test, and then they're certified. And those students, I mean, those young men as well, are now offered positions in our pools, which now gives them a skill that they can essentially sell you water on the street and save your life in the water. <laughs> so um, mm. just broadening their ability um, and really their toolkit you know, of, of skill that they may not have even thought of, aquatics as being a particular career path for them. Um, so we're very intentional on creating this pipeline to diversify aquatics. And I'm glad you actually just segued into another part that I wanted to mention, and that was about mm -hmm. a career path, because a lot of people don't yeah. think about swimming as a career path. But I know, for example, yeah. right now in in Florida, there's a lifeguard shortage. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so we we this is that's what I'm saying swimming is kind of a multi-purpose type of activity because it's good for your health. Um even if you're not necessarily just swimming, I know for example a lot of uh therapists in, encourage uh people to actually just walk in the water or mm -hmm. move around in the water as a portion of, of physical therapy to, in, in a way to gain strength back. Mm -hmm. um, but then also we got to look at the careers, that the opportunities, the life, not just lifeguards, marine biologists, you know, scuba instructors, all all types of careers, swim, just plain swimming instructors, you know, uh, to teach those that uh, are coming, you know, the next generation. We have to have the people mm -hmm. there to teach them. So, yep. Yeah. So true. So. So true, yeah. um, and and you know that lifeguard shortage is actually a national lifeguard shortage, um, mm -hmm. and that is coming off the hills of of COVID. Um, and last year, uh, many uh, companies were just trying to get to get kids in. I mean, because you you um, the minimum age to be a lifeguard is fifteen, and so. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, getting these kids in, um, trying to hurry up and, and get them trained so they could guard the waters. And unfortunately, many of them were not a, not properly trained. Um, and so oh, we, we saw them trying to we, – we saw cases of companies trying to, to, to solve this shortage, but because they were rushing um, through just to meet the numbers – 
we still didn't have the proper guidance and, and guardianship, I think, um, over the waters. And many of these um, guards were being um, what's called, and it's legal, um, but it's something for people to, to think about when you, when you go and visit water spaces. They were being certified as shallow water lifeguards. And that is okay if you're in a splash zone where there's there's not water where your feet can't touch, essentially, right? It's okay to have a shallow water guard there. But the mm. guards were, um, many cases, their certifications weren't being reviewed as to whether they were shallow water or a full lifeguard. And so they were being deployed to pools that were deep. And they weren't able to properly um, guard and save lives in those in those pools. We've made a commitment where we won't certify shallow water guards, um, and we will not rush um, our guard programs. Um, and that is why um, our lifeguard preparatory academy is so important because we want to make sure that we're giving those students that are interested in being lifeguards the appropriate training that they need in order to actually save someone's life if it comes to it. That's not wow. something you need to rush. I mean, it is it is a huge responsibility, and you want to make sure that they have that, that, um, that skill. That is tremendous. Uh, yeah. and, 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 you know, what, one of the things that – one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on and wanted to emphasize the need to learn swimming and, and emphasize the other facets with regards to, you know, career paths and whatnot, you know, we are coming – not coming up. We are actually in that season. You know, there's spring breakers mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Pretty soon there's graduation and graduation, you know, trips. There's family reunions. There are, you know, all mm-hmm. types you know, weddings and honeymoons. There's all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff, you know, summer vacation where, you know, the water's the main attraction. Yeah. And, you know, absolutely. you want people to grow into being able to enjoy the water and not fear it, you know. And, uh, you know, and, and we know that some people, you know, the, their biggest enjoyment is laying out by the water, but some of us don't mm-hmm. necessarily want or need to lay out by the water and would rather just, you know, be able to to enjoy it, you know. And I thought I heard you talk about a spiritual component because I know for me um, it has value for me in terms of a mental and spiritual component. Like I said, when I'm in the pool a lot of times, I'm either swimming or floating on my back, and some of my best ideas for the day, week, or whatever, sometimes I have to restrain myself from getting out of the pool before my my exercise time limit because I get all of right. these ideas. It's, it's, a, it's a way of clearing the mind. And then when I go to the beach and watch this, I love to watch the sunrises and the sunsets depending oh, on which right beach I'm yes. on. Because mm-hmm. to me, there's a spiritual component of that because it's like, no, for me, no one else can create that experience but God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so yeah. it it does have a, a spiritual connection for me, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm sure others, you know, have have a little bit of that as well. So yeah, yeah. I mean, when especially um, living on the coast, um, living in Atlanta, I will admit that's one of the things I miss. I love Atlanta, but I do mm. miss the water. <laughs> I miss I uh-huh. miss living on the coast and. Um, miss being able to get to the beach, um, you know, just in a few minutes. Um, 
And so there, there is nothing, there's nothing like being in the ocean and um, it really, really showing you just how majestic and how big um, God is and what that creation is, especially when you're just looking out and all you can see is water. All you see on the horizon mm-hmm. is, is water. And it's, it's just, um, you're, you're right on that spiritual side and, and, and just all the cleansing and, you know, and, and, you know, how how even water is mentioned in the Bible and, and it, it just all of those things that, that you can find um, by having and changing your relationship with the with water, um, you, you already spoke to it and you were spot on. Yeah, it, it's it's just uh, tremendous for me. And, and that's, and that's, I think that's one of the reasons, like I said, my husband's like, okay, what, what beach? I'm like, we don't have to go. And like, no, he's like, no, I know we got to go to the beach. <laughs> so he's right. already accepted that. <laughs> right. <laughs> me too. Like every birthday trip for me is on a beach, period. Like that's, you know, no one has to ask me where I want to go. I, and, you know, and for me, water and sand, that's all I need. It, it That's that's about as sexy as it has to be for me. Just give me some water and sand. <laughs> oh, gosh. A woman after my own heart. So right. we're going to take our final break, and then we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty about um, – I want to ask you some more details about the program and, and where, where the next step for the program. So we're here with uh, okay. Trish Miller of, of SWIM. Kids and swim school is the number is five one six three eight seven one nine four four. If you have questions or comments, D's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Tim Garris, and I think I found a way to help you understand what is chill out jazz. It is what it is. Is it R&B? Tune in every Wednesday night at 10 on K-Ham Radio. This is Douglas Dobbs, owner and funeral director at Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community with two generations of family funeral service. With the recent addition of my son Brandon, we are here to take care of the needs of Central and West Orlando. From simple cremation to a full burial, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here to help you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today oh. here with Trish Miller of Swim Kids, and, the, and that's S-W-E-M. And the number, if you have questions or comments in the time we got left, 516-387-1944. I, you know, as you can tell, I'm excited about your program. I need to know what the next step is, where is it going, how to expand it, what 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 do you need? Yes, thank you for that. Um, and, you know, our needs are very simple. Um, we would love for people to follow our work, uh, first off. Um, and so we are on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, they can find us at S-W-E-M-K-I-D-S on Instagram and S-W-E-M school. Um, on Instagram, 
Um, so if people can just follow us, um, like, um, forward to people that you think are interested, comment, um, that engagement really helps us. Um, and, you know, it, it number one, it validates our work for us. <laughs> it lets us know that people out there see what we're doing. Um, but it also um, brings the attention of our donors, um, and they – um, see that, uh, you know, that people are engaging with the work that we do. So that that would be my first ask. Um, my second ask would be for people to go to our website and sign up um, to receive our newsletters where we talk about um, the impact that we are um, experiencing with our swimmers and our first laps and our, our big jumps and, and things like that and, and um, just read about the work that we're doing and share that work with others. Um, and I would say, lastly, if you are local to um, Atlanta and, or metro Atlanta area, um, come and engage with our work. Uh, we would love to, to greet you in our waters and to welcome you to this space. Um, however, if you're not local to um, Atlanta or metro Atlanta, um, if you do not know how to swim or if you have family um, that do not know how to swim, we encourage you to enroll them in swimming instruction as soon as. And I wanted to, um, Gretchen, if, if you'll give me a little bit of space and time to talk about what does it mean to swim okay. or to know how to swim. Um, and, you know, this is not to challenge anyone on their knowledge or anything like that. This is more so just to share what the American Red Cross um uh, defines as knowing how to swim, and um, and this is what we teach tours, and that's to be able to jump into deep water, which is water where your feet cannot touch, so that's typically um, six feet and above, um, uh, in the middle of that pool or waterway, uh, do a full 360-degree circle, and then to swim to the nearest exit. Hmm. Um, with all of those things, you are, you have to, with all of those things that I just shared, you have to know how, and you don't even realize, you, you may not realize that you're doing it, but you have to be able to tread. You have to be able to float and be buoyant in the water. And you have to, at a minimum, be able to do a front crawl. That is what we um, train towards in terms of our curriculum. Um, and if you or your child can confidently do those things, then I would say that, you know, you can say that you know how to swim. <laughs> and um, the next step for that would be working on things that you even mentioned, like breath control, which allows you to get to the endurance level to do laps in the pool. So the first is the safety component. Can you be safe in and around the water? And then mm -hmm. can you swim and enjoy the water, which is doing laps, which is learning the other strokes. Um, that are there, um, and uh, then refining those strokes for speed and endurance. So that is how we, um, that is kind of like the traje trajectory of the instruction that we we do. Um, and so, yeah, I would love for people to uh, take that challenge and, um, you know, engage with us in those ways and to make that commitment to make sure that them and themselves, uh, themselves and their families and loved ones know how to navigate water. Okay. I want to get a swim school in Orlando. Um, <laughs> we want to go. I need, I need to know to what come. we need to do. Believe you. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, uh, anyway, uh, give us the, the contact information again so that we have it yeah. in terms of being, if you're in 
the the area where you are being able to sign up um or at least get a, you know get on a list or get a scholarship whatever mm-hmm. uh also yeah. to donate uh to your cause uh we we need to know how to how to do the best way to do that and you know if you're having yeah. any fundraisers or whatever and then then how we get how we get your program expanded because we Great. Need to do thank that. you for that <laughs> Yeah, to to donate, um, you would go to our website, swimkids.com, and that's S-W-E-M-K-I-D-S.com. There's a, um orange donate button on the right of that website. Um, and on that website, you can see the stories. Um, it, it definitely tells our journey and um, talks more about what we do. And on that website as well, you can sign up to be a part of that newsletter um, to, to get information about us uh, monthly. Um, following our social media, too, will uh, keep you abreast of scholarship opportunities as well as our expansions, um, highlighting our staff, highlighting our students. You can see all of that there, too. Um, and that, again, is Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, um, and that's Swim Kids, S-W-E-M-K-I-D-S, and Swim School, S-W-E-M School. All right. And no gift and you is all, too small. Go ahead. <laughs> no gift okay. is too small. We we every bit of that those funds go towards making sure that um a child in the community gets their first splash. That's a safe and fun one. And ladies, remember Miss Trish is trying to look out for your hair. Just just letting you know. So I am. she's she's working on that. <laughs> <I am. laughs> Thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time out today. And uh, uh, best wishes. God bless you on your efforts. And, uh, you know, keep keep in touch with us and let us know what's going on, okay? Will do. Thank you so much for this opportunity and best of luck with the rest of um, your show. And, um, again, back to the beginning, we're thanking you again um, just for, for highlighting such an important cause. Uh, well, thank you for taking on the challenge. You've done great work, <laughs> continuing to do great work. Take care. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Bye-bye. And thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. And thank you all for listening. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I'm your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and God willing, talk to you tomorrow. And please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. He'll make it all right.